As the racing season winds down, the separation season begins. Now, when I say separation season, I don't mean the season to separate yourself from racing, although that's exactly what many of your competitors are doing. And that provides an opportunity for you to separate from the pack. Within This Is Bracket Racing Elite, we focus on growth year-round, but the gains, they're, they're small, they're incremental during race season for two reasons. Number one, because your attention as a racer is split, right? You've got upkeep, maintenance, travel, all the things involved with the racing season, in addition to a focus on your own growth. And because other racers are working hard at that time too. It's this time of year, this separation season, where putting in the work can really allow you a leg up on the competition. If you're serious about doing just that, and you'd like to surround yourself with a group of knowledgeable trainers and accountable peers with the tools, the resources, the wisdom to help you take that next step, and perhaps even with the occasional kick in the pants to keep you on track, this is Bracket Racing Elite is the answer. We've helped thousands of racers just like you take the next step toward becoming the best version of themselves on the racetrack. Elite can help you do the same. Enrollment is open as of Monday, November 27th, and it closes December 8th. Learn more at thisisbracketracing.com slash elite. Hello, everyone, and welcome to the Sportsman Drag Racing Podcast with Luke and Jed. I'm Big Jed, Jared Pennington. He's Cool Hand Luke Bogacki. If you're a regular listener, thank you for your patronage. If you're new, you'll probably catch on soon enough. Our goal is to shed some light on the events, news, and issues in sportsman drag racing and the stars within it. Welcome to the Sportsman Drag Racing Podcast, where we sometimes discuss U.S. Olympic athletes, adult film stars and sportsman drag racing big jed i'm gonna put you on the spot this is impromptu we have not discussed this i think we have one more episode remaining in 2022 i think we're gonna do this one more time next week are are you up for closing 2022 with another round of u.s olympic athlete adult film star sportsman drag racer heck yeah i'm in i love that and i'm great at it too so <laughs> yes <laughs> so you've got that to look forward to next week how are you big guy i'm really good luke you know we're back here live again this week is this our new thing because we hadn't really we haven't really discussed like the the whole future of the podcast is this our thing now are we are we just live every week from now on wait the podcast has a future <laughs> yeah well i mean this is episode what, like 304 or something? <clears throat> Paige keeps telling us that the listeners slash viewers like this, or they're going to like this. I think that's what it is. They're going to like it. We keep doing it long enough. They're going to like it. I don't, I don't yeah. know if they like it. Is anybody watching? Is anybody listening? Yeah. I mean, I, I'm not real sure. I don't, I don't know how to check and see how many is watching or listening. But, you know, we got some pretty good feedback. Uh, from the three people that did watched it in the past and all three of them seem to like it. So thank you. I guess all that's why you. we're still doing it. Yeah. Yeah. At least yes. one more week. Maybe. It may, I mean, since I teased the Olympic athlete, 
adult film star sports from drag race your thing like maybe we'll get maybe we'll double that crowd maybe six people will come watch next week we got to go live at least once more oh if we advertise that luke uh that the internet will be standing room only uh that there'll be no no place for anyone to sit as long as we don't break it everybody will be watching yeah i'm we, excited uh, about that that sounds wonderful we're that's we've got that to look forward to and at the same time we're just a few days removed from being like in the same place at the same time i got to see big jed man that was a good time definitely uh, got to enjoy some time hanging out with you and and another member of the staff uh paige hamlin but we were missing producer mark the glue that holds this whole thing together producer mark wasn't there so that was that was upsetting and, and sad, but we'll we've get him a, next time. I go every five plan. years. So we got a plan 2023 or maybe in your, as you mentioned, 2027 in advance, because I've hung out with producer Mark at PRI. I've hung out with big Jed at PRI. I've hung out with Paige Hamlin at PRI, but not all at once. We, we, we got to put this together. Uh, the podcast is really getting a lot of momentum. You know, we we have we have gotten out of the single digits a couple of times. Speak it into existence, Big Jed. Speak it into existence. And viewers. And I can see next year, you know, we, we this thing's making a lot of money. I could see us funding a whole a trip for the whole staff next year. We'll make it a week long thing. As long as everybody's got a good reason to be in Indianapolis, we will make it happen. That's all we need. $40 tickets won't stop us. They said it was going to stop everybody else, and they were wrong. It, it didn't appear stop to us either. <laughs> no. did not appear to you. We've got some, we've got some PRI to catch up on. Um, we've, we've got some race announcements to touch on. We've got a little bit of, of race results to catch up on. Um, like it's a, it's a fun time of year. The holidays are coming. We just got back from PRI. My son just kicked my butt at Yahtzee. We played triple Yahtzee. Do you triple, do you do triple Yahtzee? We got to play I three triple Yahtzee. I'm, I'm yeah. a single Yahtzee guy. It's very time consuming. Very time. Cause a lot of math involved too. It's good for the nine-year-old. I don't even remember how to play it. I just know the, the catchphrase, you know, so. Yeah, and that's all I need. <laughs> you are you headed to golf court this weekend? I'm going. I'm going to a junior dragster only race. JJ's coming, right? Yeah, I'll be there. Uh, I've got the the junior loaded in the trailer. I didn't realize you were going. Yeah, it's kind of an impromptu decision. Um, we're not we're not racing. Gary's junior dragster tore all the pieces. Get, just got it repowder coated. Came back from Rick's today, so it's not ready. But we uh, we got tickets to the Grizzlies game Thursday night, and we were talking about it. And, you know, this is Bracket Racing Junior, the new This is Bracket Racing Junior, which the launch of that has been super exciting. Um, we're, we're sponsoring some things at the event. So I asked Gary, I'm like, we're going to be almost halfway to Gulfport. You want to go down there and hang out? He's like, well, who's going to be there that I know? So I rattled off some names. Next thing you know, we're going to Gulfport. So we'll be there. Wow, that's awesome. We just got a message on our Voxer that I think you need to look at. Oh, no. Um, this isn't good. Yeah, I think we may have some trouble here. Technical difficulties. And we're just a few days removed from looking back, Big Jed. We all got to hang out. I got to see Big Jed in the flash. PRI 2022 was a memorable experience. Yes, you and 17,000 others was able to see me in the flesh. 
uh, <laughs> it was packed. $40 tickets didn't stop anyone, but um, it was a good time, really good time hanging out with you. Uh, appreciate you kind of dragging me around a little bit and and uh, making sure I was shaking a couple of the right hands as well and enjoyed dinner with you and Paige. The only thing was missing was producer Mark, which we all know is the glue that holds this whole thing together. And it was sad to not have producer Mark with us, but uh, we'll we'll get him next time. Yeah, like I like I said about eight minutes ago, um, I've had the opportunity to hang out with producer Mark at PRI. I've hung out with Big Jed now at PRI. I've hung out with Paige Hamlin now at PRI. We gotta we gotta get everybody together in one place. That's 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 goals moving forward. Goals. Well, as we talked about eight minutes ago, I um, I only go about once every five years, but right now the podcast is just rolling money in. So I think. For tax purposes, we'll probably have to plan a trip for the entire group next year. Stay a week in the finest hotel and, you know, eat at St. Elmo's and Izzy's and Gary's or whatever the name of that place was. And, you know, <laughs> I, I, I can definitely see us needing to spend a good 30, 40 grand next year in PRI week. Yeah, yeah, totally, totally. As long as as long as we all individually have good reasons to be in Indianapolis, the podcast can definitely foot the bill for the forty dollars tickets. We can pull that. Out. <laughs> yes, it can come up with one hundred and sixty. I'm not sure, but maybe you can find it if you start saving now. <laughs> so, I, we got a year to plan, Big Jet. I, we might be able to scratch that together. I hear you. What's uh? So we'll talk a little bit of PRI. We'll talk a little bit of um, race results. Like there was a, a, a little bit going on uh, as the winter series kind of trudges on. The camera's acting up again. Again, tech, tech. We got tech. Um, and, and we had some big race announcements, uh, I, I think, as it pertains to 2023. That'll probably be the basis of the show. We'll have a little bit of fun with that as well. Um, it's just an exciting time of year, though, Big Jed. And holidays are coming. We just got done with PRI. My son just kicked my butt at Yahtzee. That was fun. Um, we're headed okay. to Gulfport this weekend. It sounds like you just mentioned a few minutes ago. I'll get to see Big Jed there. JJ's on the mic. That's going to be a blast. Yeah, going to see you back-to-back weeks. That's pretty cool. Um, certainly looking forward to seeing uh, the boys and the fam. Uh, the, the Christmas Junior Dragster shootout at Gulfport is going to be insane. You know, you're you're talking ten thousand dollar shootouts, sixty-four invitees. Then we've got a twenty thousand dollar main event and great racing around that. Pretty cool idea. It's gonna be on Motor Mania. So looking forward to it. I'm gonna have the nephew down there doing some racing. I uh, don't know if you've ever got to see any of our footbreak fast facts on uh, the World Footbreak Challenge uh-huh. social media, but he'll be doing uh, a version of that for oh, cool. the junior race, doing some things for Galen, and um, then uh, JJ will be on the horn. So uh, it's going to be a, a really good time for me and my crew down there this weekend. Yeah, same. I'm looking forward. I know we don't spend a, a, a lot of time discussing junior dragster racing here on the show, but uh, Gary and I are going to head down there. We're not racing. Uh, we are uh, we're there to promote. This is Bracket Racing Junior, and we had some plans, so we were going to be about halfway in that direction anyway. Uh, go to see some friends, hang out, and just and take this in, man. It's going to be incredible. That 64 car yes. shootout, which I guess now like we can let the cat out of the bag because it's been let out of the bag. Like we were actually involved in the selection process of that, seeing blind resumes and trying to to decide who's who's who there and who belongs in. 
Um, but man, 64 junior racers competing one race, winner take all, no buybacks, 10 grand to win. Let's just impromptu before we get into the show. Like we don't have to spend a bunch of time on it, but give me a pick. This is going to be so subjective. Yeah. And, and of course my Homer ism is, is going to come full force here, but we've got a couple of, of kids in this state that are really talented and a bunch of them, but a couple of them just come to mind quickly. And that's uh, Braden Todd from here near Birmingham down towards Tuscaloosa and uh, Carson Emmett from up on sand mountain up in uh, your old stomping grounds up in there. So big check. Of, yeah, big check. A couple of kids really talented. And then there's a lot of great racers around them here in Alabama and talked to Galen yesterday, Luke, they are literally coming from all across the nation, Arizona, California, uh, Maine, I mean, they're coming from everywhere, Michigan. So it's going to be really cool. Really cool. Yeah. I, I've caught bits and pieces of that on Facebook. Super cool stuff. How's, how close is Carson to aging out? It seems like he's been racing juniors forever. Yeah. He's 31. Uh, I think he ages <laughs> out in a couple of years. <laughs> no, you know, that's a good question. I think Carson is 17 right now. So I don't know when he, if he'll age out um, You know, this year or next year. I'm not sure when he turns 18, but I think he's 17. I don't know if it's the case for Carson. I know, I, I think it's the case for a, a couple of the, the drivers that we're familiar with. It just, it would feel fitting being that we're about to turn the calendar. It would seem fitting if someone were to end their junior dragster career with victory in this event. You know what I mean? That, that, that'd be the final, the age out race, like the, the, the ultimate mic drop. So just like you, like I'll be super subjective and homeristic because uh, I don't, I don't honestly know a lot of the, the junior dragsters at this point yet. Uh, I know the, the Midwest junior series guys. So I think uh, Jesse Fritz is one that uh, I think he'll be aging out. So I think that's a really good pick and it'd be, it'd be a cool story to see him win. He's super talented. Um, Hunter Davis is another one that sticks out for me. And and if I, but if I got to put all my money in, in one place, it might, might be a bit of a long shot, I guess. Tyler Weed, dude, that kid just, I watched him. I watched him not lose ever. And he's been, yes. I don't know if dominance the right word. Like he's been dominant against the fast cars with his 890 setup and he's going to be in a 790 car. Now that, that transition in and of itself might be a trick, but the first time he did it was at Montgomery a few weeks ago and it didn't look like he struggled at all. So <laughs> those are my picks. Solid picks. And you know, it's a it, 64 very talented racers going to be in that $10,000 shootout with no entry fee, by the way, this is just something Galen put together just to, to celebrate 64 talented racers that, that earn their way in via their accomplishments on the resume. And, um, you know, Luke, I'm sure there are a lot of kids on that list that we don't really know that we haven't got to watch that are going to be uh, a major impact on who ends up getting the winner's big check well, so just from being on the back end of looking at the resumes i know we got 64 capable racers like it's gonna be awesome man no doubt about it looking forward to it it's gonna be a great time all right let's dive in this is the part where we would normally say we got this this and this coming but first pj north and uh, we'll re-record that part right mark just keep it rolling yeah pri takeaways pri is an interesting thing because it's it's huge if you've never been my goodness right like it's it's so overwhelming. There's you could never take it all in, right? In the in the three days there, if you wanted to see everything, that's a that's a fool's errand, right? 
Um, and so the the takeaways, if you will, from PRI, I think are super subjective because even we are very much in the same niche of the sport, Big Jed, like we, we tend to gravitate toward the same things. And I would say what caught your eye at PRI, if I ever to ask you select two or three things, I doubt that they're going to be the same two or three things that caught my eye. What stood out to you? Yeah, well... Luke, I'm not sure if it was this year, uh, if it was an exception this year, but there was a lot of cars there, a lot of race cars that I don't remember seeing that it had been a few years since I'd been, don't remember seeing the last time. So I was, uh, I was a little surprised by how many amazing automobiles were there. But for me, um, I was really fascinated with uh, the, the new parts. You know, there there were a lot of new parts, new designs on display, and uh, I was I was uh, enjoying walking around and checking out the the new stuff that you know a lot of valve train companies had to offer. There were some great looking valve covers and oil pans and just stuff that you know pretties up the engine compartment, which I'm a I'm a big fan of. You know, a good looking engine compartment. So. I was really fascinated with the parts. Uh, and secondly, the tools, the, the, the tools that were available. I saw some killer CNC machines that were doing amazing work just there on, on, uh, on demonstration for people to stop and check things out. Uh, I was only there for Fridays. The only time I went in the show was Friday alone. So didn't get to see anything near everything they had to offer, but uh, a lot of things I was able to skip because I knew I wouldn't have any interest in it. But um, new parts and new tooling was uh, pretty fascinating to me. We were there for two and a half days, Jed. I never went into the dome. I never saw that's motorhomes, trailers, all that. Never even walked down that way. I did go into the dome uh, late on Friday, and it was very impressive. Uh, the trailers, the the toters, those type things. Uh, it was. It was some really nice stuff down there. Again, like takeaway is super subjective. And, and I know what comes into my purview is probably the stuff that I'm paying attention to to begin with. But you mentioned the the cars. And obviously, if you're going to have a car on display at PRI, it's it's not going to be some clunker that we that we rolled out of, yeah. the, out of the junkyard. Right. But I, along those lines, like the the chassis builder, I guess, that caught my eye more than most. And again, a little bit of bias here. But how about American race cars? A. They built that new Camaro that was in the Mosier Engineering booth. That's that's Rob's new Camaro Roadster. That thing's slick, right? And then over yes. in their own booth, the American Race Cars booth, they had a, a new dragster chassis on display that had some new technology. Like it's not often you see a lot of new stuff on a on a you know 240-inch dragster or whatever the case may be. Um, but they had both ends of it. The the back end had this like sphere, spherical bearing design that basically eliminated the the heim joints on the bottom four link bar i was super intrigued by it i i don't i don't know that it's necessarily any better than what we've got but it makes sense to me that it would strengthen the back end pretty significantly it's probably safer um but just the to get some of the the roll out of it without necessarily using an anti-roll like i thought that was slick and that from an engineering standpoint was nothing compared to the front of that car. I don't know if you got down there, Big Jed, but it was the first car that American had built with front suspension and front suspension on a dragster is not all that new of an idea, but I had never seen this. Like it was somewhere between 
really cool and completely over-engineered. Like there's a lot going on there, but the, the axle or the, yeah, I guess you'd call it the axle, the, the, the A-arm assembly in itself was all one piece. So like, there's no bumps to your, like it, the, the chassis just moved on it, but it was this cantilever setup with a shock up in the nose. Like there was a lot going on and I was kind of trying to look at it and figure it out. Like it just kind of blew me away. I bet I stared at it for 20 minutes going, how's this all work? But it's, it's cool looking. Yeah, it sounds cool looking. Uh, no offense to American race cars and, and Travis Colangelo, but I, You're not getting I, one, are you? yeah, I wasn't really looking at the dragsters. <laughs> I was uh, more looking at the beautiful door cars and roadsters that were there, but um, it sounds like a really cool setup that they have. And that's, that's one of the intriguing things about the PRI show. You know, you see this stuff that people have been working on and working on and working on, and then they, you know, unveil it there at the show and, that's really cool thing. And I'm sure that that design is going to get a lot of traction real soon in their new cars and um, be interesting to see how it all works out. I'm sure it's uh, been tested and tried and they've got it. No, made. it really hasn't. Like oh, I, okay. the, the way that I took it, it's all still TBD, right? And, and I don't, maybe it's just the crowd that I run with, Big Jed. You're right. Like there is so much new technology, like basically around every turn at PRI. And again, maybe it's the crowd that I don't know. There are probably um, companies out there that have like all of their PRI stuff ready in July. Everybody I talk to is like, when did you, when did you figure this out? They're like, ah, oh, Friday. And now all of it just seems like the last second, like, oh, we got to do something cool for PRI. Here we go. Heard you know a lot of I mean? that. Heard a lot of that. <laughs> Definitely a lot of that. Um, I, one that I, I, I know resonated with you just because we talked about it a little bit, like there is a, a new player that's I think going to significantly impact our market in the the race fuels division, right? Like it's it's been VP and Sunoco probably at the top, Renegade infiltrating that now for the last several years. Um, fuel factory, big jet fuel factory is going to be a thing, and the reason I think that it's going to resonate with so much of our market is because you know a lot of the people behind it. It's headed up by Mike Tedesco, that's Mia's father, formerly Cars Protection Plus, obviously within the big dollar bracket racing scene and the NHRA scene. I think we all know Mike. And uh, he's tapped Mark Wessler to uh, to kind of run the show. Mark, uh, formerly high up at, at VP Racing Fuels, a racer himself, like that's gonna that's gonna make a dent. Like if, if I know anything about the way Mike does things, if you don't know about Fuel Factory now, you will six months from now, right? Like that's, he goes big or he goes home. Yeah, no doubt. These guys are getting traction early. Um, the brand, it's catchy. Fuel Factory's really cool. The, it is a good the name. Lo the logo's bright. It's, it's cool to look at. It's eye-catching. And then you talk about the team that's assembled, and you mentioned some of the key players. Uh, Dave Morris is also part of that group. He came from VP. He's a, he's a technical guy. He gets it what what gas and, and methanol needs to be effective and have the right impact. These people share the lanes with us. That's that's rare in the fuel industry. You know, that's it's seemingly people on another planet that are uh, heading these things up. Now we've got people that that are just right here beside us, parked beside us in the pits, uh, sharing the lane. So uh, definitely uh, have heard wonderful news from the dynos, from the major engine builders in our industry. They've dynoed this fuel. It performs as well or more gooder 
than anything else they've used. So you can go with a lot of confidence to the fuel factory team and pick up what you're going to need to make your racing operation consistent and competitive and certainly um, give it some reliability and endurance. So uh, really excited about the brand, Luke, and uh, excited about the people involved in it. And I know that it's going to do well. Of course, the the IHRA, WDRA tug of war, that's ongoing. And, and that was, hmm. I don't know that it was at the forefront of PRI, but it definitely caught my, my purview at times. Just from my perception, which again, is, may or may not be reality, it felt like there were more IHRA announcements in terms of tracks coming in that 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 made that announcement at PRI. And the WDRA, what I heard from them was kind of, it, it was Don Scott beating an interesting drum. Maybe not, um, I can't say that we didn't see this coming, but it's interesting that it comes about now, I think. Like, I, I think we had kind of come to the conclusion that these two camps were very much entrenched in what they're doing, and they may well be. But what Don Scott said repeatedly at the show was that ultimately these two bodies need to merge, right? Which is, so we've been saying for, for years, from a business standpoint, I don't know that there's, for years, for months, from a business standpoint, I don't know that there's room for both. But the argument could be made that what's taken place over the last few months, if you zoom out from it, has been good for sportsman drag racing in terms of their two independent bodies fighting seemingly tooth and nail to better themselves and along the way better the sport like they've gotten a lot of outside input they're they've both they're both building tremendous programs for sportsman racers like but the the end game does seem to be that ultimately the competition isn't with each other the competition if it's to the extent that there is one is with the combination of the two versus nhra and Don Scott seems to be laying the the tracks for that to potentially happen at some point. I don't know how that works. I don't know how that benefits everybody, but I do feel like the obvious statement is that those two things are stronger together if they get merged at some point. You would think that they would have a much better opportunity at at being, you know, relevant um, if they combined services with one another, but. You know, from the outside looking in, IHRA got the good time, Luke. They got good the point. good time. That's a that's a big that's a that's a swing. That's a that's a swing for the fences with some connection right there. You get Bailiton Good Time Drag Strip to join your organization and and put a team. If they put a team together that goes to Holly Springs, Luke, they will win. They'll win that thing hands down, no doubt. Of course, they're attracted from Alabama, so that that's you know stands the reason that they would win. <laughs> but all kidding aside, you know IHRA is getting a lot of traction in Alabama. They've signed a, a, a multiple tracks in the state, which um, they didn't have much of a presence here. So it's interesting how the WDRA is is getting some success in certain areas. The IHRA is getting success in certain areas. They don't seem to be battling a lot with one another. Again, from the outside looking in, I'm sure there are some battles going on, but eventually it does seem like they can take over the world, so to speak, if they uh, merge with one another and combine services. So 
I'm not sure that can happen just because of what we know of uh, some of the sure. people involved and some of the relationships severed. It's complicated. But, yeah. You know, they need to change their relationship on Facebook to it's complicated. Um, but nonetheless, they're both obviously moving forward to the best of their ability with the resources they have to work with. Again, um, I am, uh, I am, looking forward to having the IHRA be a part of the Alabama racing scene. So that's pretty exciting for me. I haven't heard much from WDRA, but I am hearing that there's some possible uh, affiliation with facilities here, um, maybe not in 2023, but in 2024. And we'll just have to wait and see how that goes. But uh, it's pretty exciting to see them getting some traction in the state that I live in and, and having those offerings. I think you could look at it from, I guess you could look at it from two views. If at some point down the line, these two organizations were to, to find mutually beneficial reason to, to merge, you could look at that and say, okay, well, how's that different from what IHRA was six months ago, right? Like they, they basically regain all of those tracks all in one. I would make the argument that if you took the best ideas that the IHRA team has come up with and combine them with the best ideas that the WDRA team has come up with and, and merge some kind of happy ending, I think you would have a much stronger, much more beneficial group than anything we had six months ago. So I don't, I don't know how realistic that is, but it was interesting. Couldn't agree more. That's uh, that's definitely, uh, you know, I think the end result, if, uh, if that scenario plays out sure a lot of and i guess this isn't necessarily pri specific um a lot of it uh, came to my knowledge at the show but it wasn't necessarily show related releases as it pertains to sportsman drag racing and specifically big dollar bracket racing big jed we've had some shakeups we've had some announcements some things to look forward to next season i think the one that stands out to me most that i learned about at pri but apparently that's because i live under a rock on social media is that the 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 loose rocker team the the michael beard anthony walton team is is going through a breakup or has gone through a breakup they will be independent entities moving forward my understanding correct me if i'm wrong big jed is that the loose rocker name and the the current events under that name stay with Anthony Walton. Michael is basically starting anew, uh, to, for lack of a better term, right? And, and in in talking with him a little bit at PRI, I think there's mixed emotions there. I, I don't, I didn't get Anthony's side of the story, but I, I got Michael's mixed emotions there going forward in terms of a. It kind of sucks to to lose the thing that you've built and not be involved in, you know, the thing that you helped build, right. And not be involved in those established events going forward. But at the same time, I sensed, uh, um, an excitement from Michael about the opportunity to kind of start fresh and, and look at this thing from a whole new view as to what events might work at, in certain geographies at certain facilities. And I think it's kind of refreshing, although difficult as a promoter to just say, okay, like I got a blank sheet of paper, what what can we build to be awesome? Yeah, Luke. Um, very unfortunate to see that breakup. First and foremost, uh, the way that, those are two guys that did a lot together. You know what I mean? That that I think really yeah. moved the needle in 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 our niche of the sport. No doubt, they've definitely moved the needle. They have, um, you know, they've they've created uh, a a brand and a style that I think 
others have patterned themselves after. Um, their events are, you know, racer friendly for sure. So it's a shame to see that come to an end, at least as a, as a team. Uh, I can only assume that, you know, both have a, have a great plan going forward. I know Anthony Walton has released the, the three events that he's going to do, which is the St. Patty's race and uh, the, the door car race before Thanksgiving and Thanksgiving foot break tradition, foot, fall foot break frenzy. So obviously loose rocker and, and Anthony have retained the rights to, to those events. So I don't expect that to be any different. It's going back the the fall foot break frenzy is going back to Piedmont, which is where it has uh, seen a lot of success over the years. So I think it made a lot of people happy. Um, Am I excited about seeing the the two break up? No, but do I think that this could possibly lend itself to uh, more quality events? Yes, I do. I don't know what Michael's plans are. We were trying to catch up at PRI, but we did not catch up as my time there was fairly limited and short, but Michael's a smart guy. He's got a great feel for the racing landscape and what racers want and need. And when it's all said and done, Luke, and I, I hate to, to phrase it this way, but, you know, I've had several people ask me, do you think this is going to work? Do you think it's going to work for them individually? It will work for them individually. When anytime you cut the number of households that are dependent on the success of the event in half, you can change a lot of things and they don't have to be as wildly successful as they were as a team for it to be worth the promoter's effort and time to, to have a, a good event and just move forward with another good event after that. So um, good didn't necessarily satisfy uh, a team of two households, but it can definitely satisfy a team of one. And I think for that reason, these guys can make some small adjustments and make their events really strong and be successful individually and move on I, I hope there's no bad blood between them but anytime there's a breakup you can't help but think there was a little bit of that or is a little bit of that so we'll see how they how they work individually and i'm sure that it's going to be successful for both it's complicated jen it definitely is complicated <laughs> <laughs> one announcement that actually came down the pike at least a week prior to pri but definitely caught my attention because it is the marquee event on the Derby City schedule. That's the Brian Whitworth, Tyler Bohannon tandem. And it's coming, Big Jed, to my single favorite racing facility in the world. The Derby City 100K comes to Beach Bend in 2023. Bowling Green, Big Jed. I love that place. Everybody loves that place, Luke. It's a huge get. It's, it's going to be a warm weather event. So the water park will come into play. It'll be a factor in why people go there. Bowling Green itself is a, is a wonderful facility, super nice layout with plenty of parking, great racing surface, good timing system. The promotion team is, has uh, some steam that a lot don't have right now. This was a huge get. To just sum it up, this was a huge get. I don't think people initially understand that Beach Bend don't do this, Luke. 
they don't do it they don't they don't lease their facility they don't rent their facility they're capable of doing any kind of race they want to do they have the financial uh, backing to handle any kind of purse they want to put on they have the knowledge the the team the staff the skills so it's very interesting how this broke the seal and i don't know the details but i do know it's a huge get and it's going to be an incredible event i'm a market down right now as one of the top five events of the year and that's saying something because there's some damn good races coming up in 2023 and this is going to be one of them when uh when brian texted me jed to say hey we're coming to bowling green my my response was wow good for you and he laughed and said i've been getting a lot of that <laughs> it's just we talked about this a little bit when we were talking about where the million lands and Beach Bend came up and, and Norwalk came up, you know, briefly. And I guess on, on a little bit different level, you get the same feel from both facilities, right? If, if Billy Bader wants to have a million dollar race, he'll just throw a damn million dollar race, right? Like he doesn't need anyone else to do that. And the perception's always been very much the same from, from Bowling Green. They've never had, I, I believe, unless my memory fails, this will be the richest event that that facility has ever hosted, at least for big dollar bracket racing. But if they wanted to do this, I have no, no doubt that Brock and that team could pull something like this off, but it's a whole lot less on their shoulders to bring someone else in. And, and it speaks volumes to the reputation that, that Tyler and Brian have built for themselves. So um, pretty cool stuff. And like I say, personally, something I'm really excited about. Wesley Washington, another friend of the podcast, um, rolled out some of the details or maybe all of the details for his 2023 event, the King of the Creek up at his home track, uh, at Maryland International Raceway. The uh, the highlight of that event, a, a similar format really to uh, to that $100,000 Derby City event, a 50 grand ultimate gambler 64 car field that'll headline that event at MIR. So I know that that was exciting for that region of the country as well. Very exciting. Um, you know, Wesley had a very successful 2022 season as a promoter. Um, he is only taking that and growing his brand. And this 50K Ultimate Gambler is going to be really cool. His King of the Creek events are really cool. Um, Wesley, you know, innovative with the, the whole double entry thing and how that format is starting to change for a lot of events. Wesley uh, changing the way door cars and dragsters were called singles and then doubles. Uh, and then, you know, a lot of people following that, that layout that he's using. So I see a lot of momentum for Boo. Uh, really excited for him. Uh, we know uh, that, that, that promotion of drag races has not always been wonderful for him. Uh, no fault of his, just uh, that got dealt some tough cards a few years ago. Great to see him getting his name back among the top promoters and putting on great events in a region of the country that's hungry for this, Luke. There's a lot of great talent and a lot of hungry racers in that area that's tired of uh, loading a fuel card up and driving hundreds and hundreds of miles. And not only that, there's racers that are hundreds of miles north of there that are tired of driving a thousand miles. So. I'm really excited for that region of the country, for Boo, and for the racers that's going to participate in his events. I think that he's going to have another really strong season next year. 
Another big, exciting announcement came down from the spring, the spring fling staff. We're going to spend a fair amount of time talking about that and having a little bit of fun with it. But first, Big Jed, let's let's circle back to some actual on track results. The winter series rolled on last weekend. Uh, SFG at Bradenton's coming up this week, so we'll have that to talk about next week. But the Amokley Five Day is now in the books, and we definitely saw some familiar names in the winter circle way down there, just north of Cuba. Uh, <laughs> Familiar names, yes. I mean, it's just the it's these these racers are doing it over and over, and I don't get it. It's this racing is so difficult, so challenging, and you got to have a lot of great runs and a lot of luck on your side. And these racers keep doing it over and over and over. Uh, Caroline McCarty with a win over the legend Tim Butler. We we talked about Tim and and his legacy especially in the the state lines of florida uh, kenny underwood gets a big win dave Connolly gets a big win donovan williams adds to arguably as good a season as anyone has had in terms of winning significant purse races with a 25k win uh and then cam Fredrickson, young gun driving uh, John Siegel's equipment gets a win over Mike Ledford, which seemingly just goes to the final every time he's run a race at Immokalee. I mean, it's like every runner up or win has got the name Mike Ledford in it. So very familiar winners, a uh, very uh, successful group of winners. And from all I could tell, Luke, from just what I was able to see through social media, just an awesome event down at Immokalee. Uh, that that team puts these winter warm-ups together every year and I know it's a long way and it's kind of off the beaten path and hard to get to but everybody that makes the trip seems to not be able to wait until the next one it seems like a mockley has a lot of great momentum this time of year every year I've been beating this drum for a couple of months big jet and and the sample size from the winter series in 2022 may be a little bit jaded because there's the the racers that get to go do that for three, four, five consecutive weeks are are among the elite, right? But I just think I think it's getting more and more apparent that there is a growing disparity, despite how much parity we have in this game, how tight it is. I think there's a growing disparity between the, I don't know how big that number is, probably three, four dozen racers that compete at that level just about every damn week, right? And and for, for big purses, multiple days a week, 40 plus weekends a year, the disparity between them and everyone else seems to be growing. And and to that point, with the with the exception, I guess, of Dave Connolly, all of the winners that came from Immokalee are basically from that group, right? They're the they are the the travelers that are competing at the very tip of the sword week in and week out. Um, and I think there's something to be said for how much that sharpens the game, even in a field where a, a, a time when the difference between winning and losing is so scant. Excellent point, Luke. Excellent point. That's a, that puts a little more rhyme to the reason of, of why you see the list looking like it does here. But um, 
even steel. Yes, it's just, it seems like it's so difficult to win, but these racers continue to do it over and over on the biggest stages. You know, I, I'm not real sure what all reasoning you can put with it, but certainly your, uh, your, your breakdown there was very fitting for, for this time of year, this type of event. Uh, so that makes a lot of sense as to why we see some of that. Uh, real quick, before we move on to the next segment, Michael Beard, I, I just clicked over on our, uh, on our online presence here. And uh, Michael Beard said that the JEGS US Open was at Bowling Green in 2011, 2012, which I had totally forgotten about. So Michael obviously always got the stats fresh yeah, that, in his mind. I'm trying to think that event and was the No Box Nationals there once? Am I thinking that correctly? No Box Nationals. Yeah. They've had their they own. They did no their box. own version of it. Okay. Yes. Yeah. Outside of that, I don't remember another. I, I sat in on a seminar at PRI where Bill Bader Jr. was one of the, the panelists and, and he called them suitcase promoters. He, and he basically did hammer home the fact if we had any thoughts that someone would come into Summit Motorsports Park and put on an event, he pretty well shut that down. Bader, not big on the suitcase promoter, but I, I just like the term. So I'm going to use that again. Since Iron Mike Fuquay and Dave Zerlag did that, and, and I'm sure Beard's got the facts if it was 2010, 2011. I don't think there's been another suitcase promoter in the big dollar bracket world come into Beach Bend and put on an event till now. No, I would totally agree with that. The only other race that I can remember getting done there outside of Bowling Green doing it themselves was when Tyler Crossnow went with the with the uh, X275 stuff, the heads up stuff, radial racing. So, um, yeah, they they don't do it. Uh, obviously, they did it 10 years ago and haven't probably done it since. So. I, I think it's breaking the seal for uh, Tebow and, and Brian Whitworth to, to get themselves in there for this 100K. And I know it's going to go extremely well. And, and this is no place in the show for this, but I have to mention before I forget that my man, I, I got somebody near and dear to me that, that got me a championship back when we picked the, the NHRA championship winners. Got me a championship. And I left him off of my list in a state that should have been relatively easy for me to pick him. And that's Paul Nero. Oh, did. In Oregon. How did I miss my man Nero? Nero is Oregon. We both bricked on that. Yeah. Now, again, I'm a victim of what I see with my eyes. And I see Mo Trujillo posting all the time on Facebook. And I know Mo's in Oregon. So it, it all made sense. But Paul got me a championship. I can't leave Paul out. So shouts at non-shout time for Paul Nero. My apologies, Paul. All right, look, this next one's going to be good. Fantastic. Okay, we teased it a little bit before. Now let's have a little bit of fun with it. So Peter Biondo and the Spring Fling team announced uh, an intriguing, exciting 48-car field. They're calling it the $100,000 All-Star Shootout. 48 cars, winner take all. $100,000. The 48 cars are invitation only, Big Jed. It is it is one race, single elimination, no buybacks for 100 grand. And what's I think really intriguing is the way that they're breaking down the invitation process. The Spring Fling staff will invite 12. I think they're making that announcement January 3rd, right? So here's the 12 can't miss that are coming in. Then 
they're going to formulate some type of way to allow the rest of us to vote and vote in the next 12. That's half the field, right? That's 24. Then each of those 24 drivers are going to be tasked with selecting a teammate. And I believe that the field is completely open at that point. Pick whoever you want that's not already in the race. There is a team prize. I think it's five grand to the team that wins the most rounds. And obviously then you have to be selected either by the fling staff, by the quote unquote public, or by one of the initial 24 to get an invite into this one of a kind, high roller, pretty intriguing event. And I guess this is going to happen at Columbus, right? It is. Yes. Fall fling Columbus the week after Labor Day. So, A, just thoughts on the race in general. Like this isn't completely unique, but the invitation only aspect of this, like we've seen it in junior dragsters. We talked about that a little bit in the open. West Buck is doing something similar in the pro mod space. I don't know that we've seen this in the big dollar bracket racing space. Yeah, Luke, I, I definitely don't remember seeing anything quite like this. I've seen invitationals before, uh, but nothing uh, quite on this scale. And certainly on the stage that they'll be competing on, uh, you know, it's, it's got a hundred grander itself in the, in the race format. And then you add this to it. So very, very interesting. Um, pretty innovative, really, when you think about how it's all going to work. Uh, I'm, I'm 100% confident in the fling being at the fling staff being or their, their 12 selected or their selected team to pick the 12. Uh, I'm confident in them being totally unbiased and putting the best 12 they can possibly put in there. Uh, a little bit later, we're going to try to guess that that group. But the 12 that's going to get voted in by the racers or the public, that could go anywhere, Luke. I mean, really, when you open it up just for people to pick their favorite, that could go anywhere. So I see some amazing talent being chosen as teammates to some people that we might not have expected to get in that 24. So that to me is just so fascinating and how that's all going to work and to see that play out uh, really cool format. And I think it's going to, I think it's going to open itself up for interest to uh, the entire breathing world watching on as, as they compete for that hundred thousand dollars up there. Yeah. To, to your point, the initial 12, I think are going to be, there's obviously some subjectivity, but I think relatively obvious. And then you've got the fan vote 12 or the racer vote 12 would probably be a better way to put that. And I think we're going to end up with, if each of us sat down and listed 30 drivers that should be in this event, 24 of the names on that list are going to be in at that point. Where it gets really interesting is where those 24 get to pick a teammate because then you get a lot of subjectivity, right? Like we've all got, we've all got that one ride or die. Like, hey, if I'm putting my chips in the middle, I'm riding with that guy or that girl. And it might not necessarily be the person that would be number 25 on anybody else's big board, right? So I feel like, and to your point, Jed, that we're gonna get we're gonna get forty eight racers in this very capable of winning that hundred grand, and not necessarily the the forty eight that would be the unanimous picks. Like I think you're going to get some racers that 
maybe a little bit out of the public eye that are super capable of doing this. And that in and of itself is going to be a lot of fun. Yeah, I think that's going to add a, a higher level of intrigue to it. And, you know, Luke, um, it, it'll interest me as to how far in advance, I didn't really get that information, how far in advance these teams will be picked to to see who's going against one another as teams and certainly as individuals. Mm. But it's going to be split door cars and dragsters. I want to see how early that group is picked because I would have to think it doesn't matter where you're invited from. You know, if if there's California racer in the mix, Arizona racer in the mix, Idaho racers, I don't think it matters where you're invited from. I think you got to go. Uh, so I, I think they need to do this as early as possible to give people time to to plan and react to it. But you can't skip this, can you? I mean, it's, it's funny I'm asking because- you that kind of, tongue in cheek and and I may ask you that again here in a little bit but can you skip this it's an interesting thought because on one hand if you're chosen if you're if you're fortunate enough to be chosen for something like this all you've really won is an opportunity to go spend $2000 right like that's that's not super exciting Congrats. but <laughs> yeah all right congratulations give me your 2 grand but gee, I think your point is very valid this is a prestigious thing like this is this is probably the, I won't even say probably, the um, the, the source, right? The, the most prestigious promoter and his team and, and the, the group that they've put together to vote on this would then tab you as you're one of the 48 best right now. And that's a, and to compete in this event that all eyeballs are going to be on you, um, I think it would be a really hard thing to turn down for anybody from anywhere. I, I think you get nominated to this and, and there will probably be a few that, that turn down that invite, but I don't think there's going to be many. Yeah. I would think there has to be someone that turns it down, but I don't think it would be many. And I, I think uh, definitely going to, I think you're definitely going to see a, a group from all over the country. Obviously it'll be East of the Mississippi heavy, but I, I, there's going to be some West coast talent and flavor in this thing, which to me is going to add a lot of uh, interest. It, it's it's definitely going to help pique my interest to see some of those guys travel across country to compete in this event. And uh, certainly, again, there's a lot of offering around it for the bracket racers that attend the event. It's a crazy good purse and a great format. So that'll be enough reason for them to come, but a hundred K winner take all shootout with you and another person on your team. Um, I'm interested to see if any talented females make it onto the, to the list or onto someone's team. That'll be really cool. And certainly again, as I said, the West coast uh, impact that'll be had. I'm, I'm, I'm just already excited about it. All right, so let's have a little bit of fun with this. We we discussed this real briefly when we were together at PRI, but I said earlier that the initial 12, that's the 12 that the, the fling staff picks, are going to be relatively obvious. My question is, how obvious? So let's let's go through, let's go through the process here. The way that they have framed this is basically confidence picks, right? There's going to be this race, 48 
field of 48, $100,000 to win. If you had to bet, I think actually the way that they framed it in the social media post was if you had to bet your life, that's a little strong. Let's say you had to bet a significant amount of money on one individual to come out on top with this. Who do you pick? I'm curious, Big Jed, how many of the initial 12 that the Fling staff pinpoints that they announce on January 3rd can we predict? Because obviously there's plenty of subjectivity here. My first thought is like, oh, the top 12, that's that's obvious, right? I, but I, the more I go through it, like there is some, certainly some subjectivity. I'm curious to see how many we can get. I, I bet we could nail 10 of them. I would bet you're right, Luke. I, there's no doubt in my mind there there's at least 10 glaring easy choices here. So if I had to ask you who you think just immediately is going to be the first pick on the list, who would you think that would be? You know who my first pick is. It's Jeff Sarah. Yeah, there's no doubt in my mind that Jeff Sarah will be hard to unseed as number one. But I honestly believe that it will be Gary Williams. And, yeah. and I think when you think about just season to season, nobody has done it any better than Jeff the last year or two. But I think when you, when you think of a guy that's still dominating, that has been dominating for well over a decade, really basically two of them, I think that that puts Gary in the number one seed. So we have chosen immediately right off the bat, a couple and Jeff, Sarah and Gary Williams. Yeah, let's let's don't even get into the process of trying to rank like one to 12. Those two right there, if this list comes out in three weeks and either of those names aren't on it, I will be shocked. Right. So that's two. Those are layups. Um, and let's let's go like that. Who else would you be shocked by? I'll, I'll throw another name at you. And, and again, I guess this is a little bit more recency than than taking the, the cumulative effect of of what Gary has done. Um, but and. Obviously, Gary's on your team for the purpose of this, right? The, 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 the idea is one race in September, winner take all who you got, right? Like we, Gary Williams is on that team, right? Um, another one that I think is, is Cal Coltrera. I don't think you're going to get any pushback. That's another name that I would be shocked if he's not on the initial 12. Agreed. Uh, Kyle Coltrera is going to be an easy choice. He'll be in the panel's top 12, no doubt. And again, as you said, we're not going to rank them one through 12, but uh, if we did, Kyle would be in the top three or four picks easily. So that makes sense. Another one for me, just because I think he adds interest because he's going to be swapping feet. And I think that they know he's going to be swapping feet is Nick Hastings. Uh, I think Nick Hastings is definitely going to be an easy choice out of that top 12. And again, not necessarily me trying to name names as how I think they would rank on the list, but I just think real early, Nick's going to be chosen. And I know this is going to sound like a broken record because I know that we've said this before, but just think back, Jed, let's say easily, just to make it easy, think back 10 years ago. If I said, hey, we're going to have one race, 100 grand to win. You can use your delay box, obviously, and go about this any which way you want. Pick the 48 guys and gals that you have the most confidence in. 
Is there a bottom ball bracer that would even be considered to be on that list? No. Um, when you're talking about that long ago and you're just opening it up to the phrase bottom bulb, uh, Rick Bear. Yeah, would, that's true. Possibly. Would, yeah. Would, could have possibly made the list. But today in the ultra competitive environment that we race in, as talented as Rick is, he wouldn't he wouldn't have made this this list of 12. So Nick that's, Hastings that's kind of my, just my shows how, how talented he is. To go from that just a decade ago, like I'm not sure that there's a single racer that would crack the top 48 to be here today talking about the can't miss obvious choices for the top 12. And I don't think you can release that list without Nick Hastings name on it. That's incredible. No doubt about it. I mean, it really is remarkable um, run that he's been on for the, the last several years, but to put himself in a conversation, swapping feet, put himself in a conversation and get picked early, in my opinion, Luke, and the top 12 racers <laughs> in the entire country. And I think he's going to be in the upper half of this list when it's chosen. Uh, unbelievable, really. Is. Yeah, but you, you get down toward 12 and it, it becomes debatable. I don't think Nick's on the fringe, and that is incredible. Um, yeah. Another name that I think is, a, is an obvious pick is, is our man KB. Kevin Brandon. Um, and it's one that I say an obvious pick because I think it's so easy to, to let KB kind of slip out of mind because he's not loud. He's not flamboyant. Like he just goes out and goes about his business. But if you're talking about the 12 most elite competitors in this form of competition, you can't, you can't have that race. You can't release this list without Kevin Brandon on it. I agree. Uh, the integrity of the list would have to be questioned um, greatly if KB is not on it. He is definitely one of the top 12. He's a two-time million-dollar race winner, one of them within the series that's going to be having this 100K shootout. Kevin Brannon, easy choice. I think the the bigger question than whether does, does KB make this initial 12 or not, the, the bigger question is, is KB going to be on the door car side or the dragster side? And that's ultimately up to him, right? <laughs> yeah, that is an interesting question. Uh, I would think the dragster side, uh, but you know, you never know when when it's when it's even twenty four and twenty four uh, dragsters and door cars. You know, that's a that's a shark's pool either way. But there there could be a little more advantage for a five forty door car on the door car side than a four forty dragster on the dragster side. So. It'd be interesting to see which way he goes. All right. So we listed off five, what we feel like are, are obvious shoe in picks. Who else you can't have this list without? I think we can go a few more names before we really have any debate. Yeah. Well, um, you can't have the list without, I mean, a Pennington. <laughs> uh, no, not me. Uh, peep show. Uh, peep shows. Uh, when, when you see these Calcuttas and, all of these things that happen online and where you can pick your racer and, and, and I've done it many times on the podcast. When you say pick a winner, peeps is a, is a, gives you a better chance than normal to, to get the, the win when you pick him because he wins a lot and he's done it a lot on the big stage. Again, a million dollar winner within the series that's putting on this shootout. So 
think peeps is a real easy choice. Yeah, I agree. No pushback from me there. Um, I don't, we've talked about Stephen McCrory in the past and how like his show isn't necessarily on the road as much as it was a couple of years ago, but all he does is show up at races kind of like this, right? I mean, this is obviously a unique format, but races that pay a hundred grand or more and all he does is win them in the most impressive fashion imaginable. Like when champ rolls in and, and wins, he, he doesn't back into it. Like he puts on a show. I just think if you're asking confidence picks, and I think that this would be a unanimous decision across the board, but certainly uh, on, on my ballot, uh, I think I think Champ's got to be one of the 12. I agree. Uh, definitely is, is back on the scene at, and competing at these events and doing it as well as he's always done it. Um, a fan favorite, uh, a guy that when he stages, it pretty much doesn't matter who he stages by. You expect his win light to come on, and that's saying a lot. Um, easy choice in the top 12 for sure. Um, next on the list, Luke, for me, when I, when I, obviously we have a list that we're looking at, but when I think about just easy choices, unanimous choices, Matt Dattis. Um, you know, he's, he's already done well in the winter series down South. He's always in the mix and you have to seemingly the race has to go through him to, to, for the winner to, to get their big check. Uh, it's his home state. Um, I think he's going to have a lot of momentum. Oh, I didn't think about that. We got some OH connection. <laughs> yeah. I mean, you know, it has to be a racer from Ohio, but, um, I think Matt, if for some reason he slips out of this 12, he'll be in the, the next 12, no doubt. So he's in this, but I think he's top 12. In my opinion, he's top 12 racers in the country. Uh, but, you know, I, I can see a lot of talent in this field and in this thing going different ways, but I still think Matt's picked. To your point, yeah, if – if Matt or any of the eight names that we've mentioned are not on this list of 12, I, I think they're all layups to get the fan vote. But I'll kind of second your opinion. I would be very surprised if Matt Dattis wasn't on this list. In fact, we go through those eight and we could maybe even extend that list to, to 10. Like particularly those eight, I think are shoe-ins. Like I, I would be... I would be floored if this list came out and it didn't include the eight guys that we just mentioned. Yeah. Likewise, I, you know, when we get done with the, with this 12 that we have listed, there's some online chatter about, uh, about who. Okay. Loose, good. Loose change in particular, loose change on fire right now. So easy there, loose. He just put an IO. So now you're, you're making me not want to read anything you, you type. Right? <laughs> <laughs> no, nah, I love Thanks loose change. For finishing my sentence loose. <laughs> But uh, it'll be interesting for me to, to talk about some of the people. He, he's kind of bottom bulb heavy, but there's a, there's a top bulb group there that he's listed that, that has some people that might be right on the edge here. But nonetheless, the next available slot for you, Luke, would go to who? Yeah, I'll throw in one more name. And then I think that for me, this ends the, the, the short group that is not subject to subjectivity. Right. To, no, to, to me, like you, 
Okay, there's maybe two names. Two. There's two names left here: the slam dunks. Yeah, that's what I say. I think nine or ten of these are a layup, but but the 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 one for me for sure is JBR. I don't think you have this race without Johnny Zell being part of it. So I think he's I on the initial invite, no questions asked. I agree, and and you know again, uh, Pete's made it obvious and clear that he won't be the the only one picking, but JBR was on his panel at uh, at the Columbus event for um, you know just discussing strategies and the state of bracket racing. So uh, high level of respect for JBR and it's earned. And that's for a reason because he's, he's uh, definitely in the top dozen racers in the country, I think for 95% of any list that's put together. So definitely a good choice there. And to me, Luke, the, the number 10, not necessarily the number 10 spot, but the 10th person on the list, that's a slam dunk is a guy that's had a lot of momentum lately, but he's just down one for a long time and he's just collected the million and that's Nick folk. Um, you know, Nick is ultra talented. He can build his own race car, then take it to the track and win the, the biggest races there are. Um, I mean, he won at the million, not the million, I apologize, but he won at the million, but nonetheless, um, you know, he's had million dollar final rounds lately. He's had huge wins. I don't remember exactly the totals, but 30, 40, 50,000 and up, um, easy choice. If Nick folks not on the list, I would be shocked. Yeah, I'm, I'm with you and certainly would appear on my, if you ask me confidence picks top 12. Yeah. Nick's on there a hundred percent. I think he's one that it's, I, the only reason I say that I kind of cut my, made my cutoff at nine as obvious is because I think it's so easy for Nick to slip from top of mind, right? He's one of those drivers, I guess, just been doing it at such a high level so long. I think he's kind of easy to take for granted, but yeah, a hundred percent belongs on that. So we had two spots left to fill. And, and again, this is where it gets really subjective because you could probably list off 10 names and I'd be like, eh, you can make a pretty good argument there. For me, there are two that stand out and um, I'll go ahead and take the first one. Like you could argue that this is more of a legacy pick, but I'm just telling you if there's a race tomorrow and I got to put chips in the center on one dude, I don't go far down a list before Scotty Richardson is at the top. And I think he's got to be included in this. I, I would have Scotty in that initial 12. Definitely uh, somebody capable of competing in this dozen and, and in this 48 car shootout. Um, uh, do I think he's capable of winning? Absolutely. Scotty friggin' Richardson. So, yeah. But look to me, no more than he's getting to the racetrack these days, it would be a, a legacy pick more so than who's dominating today pick. So I'm not sure Scotty would make the list has nothing to do with his talent because his talent is undeniable and that's as good as anyone's, but I'm not sure that he would be a slam dunk in the dozen. Okay. If we're going to, if we're going to base this off of results in the last calendar year, I get the argument. My counter argument would be we've made this mistake before. I mean, do you remember Scotty being back? Right. Like there was a couple of years where Scotty just didn't race. 
And then Scotty decided, I want to go racing again. And the next thing you know, he's winning 50 granders left and right. And he again kind of dropped out of view there a couple of years ago. And I think if memory serves, just decided to show up when the, the stakes were at their highest, right? We had that swing at the end of 2020 where we had $3 million races in four weeks. Guess who was in the split at all freaking three? Scotty Richardson and won the first one in Bristol. Like I just, I get the argument against, I can't write that dude off. I, I think let, let's do, we can debate a little bit. We got two spots left. Scotty's definitely a nominee. Who else throws in there? Yeah. Yeah, and then we're also talking about a guy that won a million dollar race what two years ago, runner up one last year. So Scotty's Scotty's an easy choice. I get it, but again, I just I'm not sure that he's fresh enough on everybody's mind. Luke, you ain't gonna want to hear this, and and Michael Beard talks about it right here online. But an easy pick in this dozen is a guy I do a podcast with. I'm a, I'm part of a podcast called. Sportsman Drag Racing Podcast with Luke and Jed, and it ain't Jed, if you know what I'm saying, and you know what I'm saying. Luke, you you would have to be an easy pick in this dozen. So, you know, you don't want to hear that, and you don't want to talk about it because you're over there. You you got a little you got a little humble pie right here on you, mm. right up there on the corner. But um, but you're an easy pick. Well, thank you for that. But I would push back, and this isn't the humble pie coming out. I mean, it, it, if you're, <clears throat> if the argument against Scotty Richardson is what have you done for me lately, and how 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 entrenched in in this world of racing are you today? Um, obviously, if we're talking legacy, I cannot compare to Scotty at all. But I, our last year is pretty similar. Like the the. How about this, Big Jed? I won one top ball bracket race in 2022, and it paid $1,200 at I-57 Drag Strip. There is no one else in the top 48 that would claim that, much less the top 12. As much as I would be honored to be included, I don't think I belong. You won $1,200 race on the top? That makes you an easy choice, in my opinion. <laughs> uh, I was really impressive that day. I'll, I'll well, take that. But Luke, no. the difference is you didn't stop racing. You just stopped coming to the bracket races. We know that talent transfers from the long track, from the pro tree to the full tree. You didn't quit racing. You just chose a different form of it as your primary choice. And you competed very, very well like you always do, uh, had yourself uh, right in the middle of a, of a world championship hunt. So um, definitely you would be one of the 12 picks. I mean, you teach people to bracket race, bro. That's what you do. <laughs> Listen, as I've said before, the competitor in me says, let me in there and I can hold my own. The, the, the non-bias uh, um, uh, reporter in me says, I don't, I don't think that's a logical choice. And I'll actually, I'll throw in a, a substitute, Big Jed. I know that there's no way this race gets to 48 without the name I'm about to mention. I don't think it should get to 12. And there's another guy that we tend to overlook, that we tend to take for granted. We've talked about that here before on the show. All this guy does is show up when it matters, when it pays a bunch. And he's more often than not one of the last guys standing. That's Lane Dickin. Uh, Lane's going to be in this race. I think he's deserving of being in that initial 12. 
I couldn't agree more. I love Lane Dickin. Uh, his laps are extremely solid. He is a calm, cool individual. And when he gets on the big stage, he's always a factor, Luke. I, I know people don't see a lot of Lane because he doesn't get out and race a ton. But when he does, he's very, very competitive. And for me, um, I couldn't agree more. There's no way this this list gets completed at any number without Lane. Uh, you know, if, if he's not chosen somehow, some way, he would be a teammate. I mean, anybody would want him as a teammate. There's no way he gets beyond the top 24. I agree. Like, I think it's, 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 I could see it going either way in the top 12, but I, I don't think it gets to where one of the racers gets to pick lane. Okay. So we've got a couple of options. You've got, you've got the Facebook community in front of you. I, I had shout out shouts to the loyal listeners, the loyal watchers. We need a new hashtag there. Um, I don't, I'm not even technically savvy enough to pull that up yet. I'm afraid that I'm going to shut off the zoom if I do that. So throw some names out there. We've got, we've got three names for two spots between Lane, Scotty, myself, what are some other options? Because at this point we get to a lot, a, a lot of names that would nobody would blink an eye at filling these holes. Well, first and foremost, before we get to the, to the viewers list, um, we're talking about people that don't get to the track much, but when they do, they have a major impact. He just won the million dollar race. Tucker Kanzelar is a, is a young man that when he shows up, uh, I think he got to five in uh, the million two years ago. Um, got made to no, was it was it the Great American Guarantee yeah. Million? Yeah, yeah he got, was got to five in that one. Yep, uh, wins the OG million this year. Uh, always in the late rounds, uh, guy that that we've seen do a lot in this sport at a very young age. So Tucker Kanzelar for me could be an easy pick in the top. 12 and i know that's got some recency bias in it but i still think he's um you know he's a guy that that should be considered all right luke so uh loose change has some of the people that we listed he's did he got, go complete jet on us did he list like 60 people no he did not okay. list 60 people he uh, he's got a lot of foot breakers but we'll we'll focus on the top bulb racers he's got Corey galitti he's got T-Rock. He's got Laboose. Um, as I look back down through here, I think that's all he's really listed outside of our list, but some interesting names there that you could argue would be in most people's top 12. I, I think I could see all three of those racers being in, in a lot of people's top 12. Yeah. Uh, those three specifically, I would be shocked if they're not in the event right? One way or another, they're making the top 48. And in, in no case would any of those three surprise me being on the initial 12. That said, for me, if I'm going to fill these last two spots, like we're in agreement on the top 10, Jeff Sarah, Gary Williams, KB, Kyle Coltrera, Matt Dattis, Stephen McCrory, Peeps Bennington, Johnny Ezell, Nick Hastings, Nick Folt. Like so separate those 10 from the discussion. We're in agreement. Those are locks. If we're going to fill the last two spots, again, super subjective at that point, give me Lane, give me Scotty. That's that's where I would go. Okay. I could see that. Um, you know, I, it's really all about 
how someone's going to view your recent dominance versus your legacy versus both of those combined. Yeah. Um, for me, I think you're, you're looking at guys like Shane Carr and John LaBouche Jr. They're going to, there's going to be a wider range of voters that have seen those guys win for quite some time. Uh, that's today versus 20 years ago, and they're still doing it. So I think you're going to see guys like that that are going to be all over that top 12, if not, you know, just right out of it. So I, I'm, I'm going with some, some legacy. Of course, Troy Williams Jr. Uh, is probably going to make that 12, I would think. But again, it's all about what someone's viewing as um, capable or, I guess, um, relevant to, to today's racing environment. So I think Troy is going to, going to be right there in that top 12 as well. All right, let's, let's settle this for the sake of discussion. We've got our 10. Pick the one that you've got the most confidence in, the one that I've got the most confidence in, and we'll have our Sportsman Drag Racing Podcast 12, and we'll circle back in three weeks and see how we did. We've got our 10. I'll let you have first pick. Who do you, who do you add to it? Um, I think I'm going to go with Sugar. I think Sugar's race coast to coast. He's done it at a very high level for a long time, and um, you know, our, our unintentional snub of him. You seems, just don't want to hear the pushback. You're scared. No, of Gary, aren't you? no, really not. I really, think that it, <laughs> I really think it's got him a lot of love. I think no, right create, so. it's well, we created yeah. a lot of love for sugar. So I think sugar's probably going to get the nod in the top 12. All right. So I get to pick the last one could go Troy Williams Jr. I could go Scotty Richardson. I could go Lane Dickin. And you could go on down the list. If it was my confidence pick, it's Lane. But we're picking who do we think is going to be on the list. I have a hard time imagining this list being published without Scotty Richardson's name. I'm going to put Scotty as our 12th. Okay. Uh, that'd be hard to argue against. I mean, how could you say Scotty doesn't belong if you said I'm going to have a list of four and Scotty's name landed on it? How could you say Scotty don't belong? So True. Uh, definitely can see that. And again, I, I think that there's a, I think there's a, a certain number of recent dominant racers that are on this list, but I think there has to be a little bit of legacy in there as well. And I think Scotty and Sugar probably offer that legacy that the list needs. Certainly Gary Williams does as well. But I think the I think you're going to see just a little bit of that longtime winner group in here. And Scotty could definitely be part of that as well as Sugar. So, you know, there was a time, Jed, where when you framed a discussion like this, you had to take into consideration like, well, this is going to be a unique stage. Who's not going to be afraid of it, right? And that was going to be a, a, a big point in who you would put confidence in. I feel like those days are gone. Like anybody that we could discuss for this list is 
completely used to racing for a hundred thousand dollars. <laughs> like it's not the, the, the prestige, the, the atmosphere around this is going to be unique, but to say that anybody's going to not perform because of the, the, the jitters of that stage. Like, I just don't think that's a thing in 2023, not among this group. No, I agree. This is going to be nothing. Uh, it, it'll be exciting. It'll, it'll peg the, the heart rate just a little bit, but uh, these racers are on this list because they're used to performing at this kind of on this kind of stage without it impacting their results. So, yeah, this is going to be no big deal for them. And Luke, as I as I look at this list, the the potential people that can get on the list, at least I think they can. And what list we actually put down? No West Coasters. Now, there are some West Coasters out there that, that we have tabbed as people that will definitely make the list of 24. <laughs> but is there no West Coaster that would be viewed as a top 12 racer in the country? If not, we know it's not a talent thing. It's just line of sight. They just out of it. Yeah. I mean, and keep in mind, and you're talking about the top 12, like that is... There is no shame in not being in the, the first 12 announced. Like that is a very, very yeah, that's good group. Um, if we expand this to 48, race kids going to be in Chris Whitfield's going to be in like, I, I don't know what you're, what you're classifying as West coast. This race doesn't happen without those two. Maybe there's another one or two that, that jump in there as well. Um, like obviously Marco's excluded because he's part of the, the fling staff. He would be another one that would come to mind. Um, but yeah, no top 12, like I, I don't, I don't have a, I wouldn't have an issue if one of those guys cracked in it, but I don't, I don't have an issue with excluding the West coast from the top 12, just because it's rare air. Yeah. Good point. Um, you know, when you, when you really think about this and the fact that it's in Ohio and it's in Columbus, Ohio, I mean, Jake Coffin. Could yeah, make this top 12. Uh, Anthony Bertozzi could make it. So many people could make it, but Underwood. the top 12, Underwood, definitely. The top 12 is what we're discussing, but certainly being left off of this list is not anything to be shameful of. Uh, as I look back at some of the, the chat here, I, I uh, and I didn't see this prior. Michael Beard says, I tuned in late. Y'all have Shane Carr at number 26. So um, people, don't, <laughs> people don't forget anything. To, <laughs> but we, we've got Corey Gulletti. We've got Ray Ray. We've got Cisco. So many great racers. This top 24, when they get that list, is going to be insane. Yeah. And how no, they it, pick for their teammates. Right. No, that's what they, every step of this, like it's marketing brilliance because it's going to be fun. And why else would we talk about a fling event in the middle of December? And I'm just going to say, we've dedicated half of the show to this. We'll do that again when they release the 12. We'll probably do it again when they release the 24. Like, you know what I mean? Like from a marketing standpoint, this is brilliant. So just to clarify our, our official 12, Jeff, Sarah, Gary Williams, Kevin Brandon, Kyle Coltrera, Matt Dadis, Stephen McCrory, Peeps Pennington, Johnny Ezel, Nasty Nick Hastings, Nick the Bleep Folk, Shane Carr, Scotty Richardson, 
Let's put a bow on this, Jed. Let me ask you a question that we didn't discuss coming in. Let's just assume that you are one of the 24 pinpointed to be in this race. And now you have to pick a teammate. Who is one racer that you don't, wouldn't expect or wouldn't be shocked if they were left off the initial 24 that you would immediately say, that's my guy or that's my gal. Who would you ride with? Who would you, who would, who's the first name that comes to mind? Oh, that's a great question. Um, man, I'm on the list and I want to pick someone that has no fear. It's got great equipment, great talent, $2,000, which just pretty much eliminated any of my close friends. So, (laughs) um, Luke, that's a, that's a very, very difficult question. Um, I might would go with like a Tommy plot, you know, uh, a guy that's performed well on big stages. That's not going to be affected by the atmosphere and he's just going to go out there and do what Tommy plot does. So it might be a guy like that for me. See, now my, my mind is cluttering now that like I, I, I'm looking at some of these names and now I'm thinking about the element of this being in Columbus. So like there is a case to be made. Hey, I want to take like Dennis Mead, like who's made more runs down that successful runs down that facility than him. Uh, I'm thinking for whatever reason, it seems like every time that I go to Columbus, or every time I watch something from Columbus, Cameron Manuel wins there. Like that seems like one of his spots, Ooh, right? That, that would be a good pick, but I'm going to go. My, my question for you was what's your first instinct? And Jed, I'm an odds kind of guy. If we have this discussion two years ago, there's a name that there's no way we leave out of the top 12. And due to events that, let's be honest, are completely in his control. And this is going to be a polarizing pick. I don't, it wouldn't shock me if he wasn't selected in the top 24. And I think if you got like a big board of who's going to be the best racer, not in the top 24, Hunter Patton's got to be at the top of that. (laughs) And, and like, he's legal. He can race there in 2023. I'm just projecting to what that, that board would look like after you take the top 24 off of it. And I think he'd probably be on it, be available. And I'd have a hard time not picking him. Yeah, that's a really good point. Uh, Hunter would be uh, a guy that I think will be sought after in this event. If he's not, you know, I I wonder how many people even understand his eligibility uh, will be back by then (laughs) because it's been quiet. But uh, almost out of jail. I think he's got like 18 more days out of prison. He would definitely be a guy that that a lot of people would want to choose right there. So really good point. And uh, Derek Scholar uh, listed it online, somebody that that I didn't really think about. And he's driving for an Ohio racing-based family, uh, and that is Will Holloman. Will has been on fire lately. And, you know, this, this, I don't know, I mean, I hate these lists because immediately I'm thinking of people right now that's like, how did we not talk about them possibly being, you know, uh, obviously Jason Lynch, um, you know, he's not getting out quite as much as he used to, but legacy pick and still performing very well. We talked about the brilliance of this idea. Like the, the, the pushback, the, the, the backfire of this is you're going to leave people out. 
right? You're going to leave yeah. deserving people out. I think the way that Pete has structured it is brilliant because it can easily be framed as, well, I didn't leave anybody out. The racers picked. that last 24 is ultimately not the flings decision so that part of it's pretty smart too but yeah no there will be there will be a lot of racers that either feel slighted personally or that the public would say like how do you have this race without x or y right even when forget we're trying to do it for 12 but even when you expand it to 48 you're going to have a lot of people that are deserving are capable that don't get the invite Really good point. Uh, that's definitely going to happen no matter what size list you put together. There's always somebody left out. It's like, I mean, if Alabama can get left out of the college football playoff, anything's possible. Anybody can be left out of anything. <laughs> this is what it is. But the basketball team's good, though. My basketball team's good, bro. They look pretty good this week. So, what, what, is this selection process is this akin to the, the BCS? Is that, is that what we're doing here? <laughs> yeah, yeah. I think this might be a little more AP poll of the old days, but uh, <laughs> it's, it's definitely not college football. At playoff. least there's a playoff at the end of it. <laughs> at least. It's going to be a good time. Obviously, that race doesn't happen until September, so we're we're very early in, in the process here, and our discussion is, is very um, premature. But I think we're going to be pretty close, Luke, and uh, we'll dig this sheet back up when the list is finally decided uh the the first 12 and then the next 12 and so on but um i think that we'll be really close but between now and september there's going to be hundreds of thousands of dollars competed for and there could be someone that steps up and puts their name on the list and makes themselves fresh in everybody's mind if that happens We'll be talking about it every week right here on the Sportsman Drag Racing Podcast. Luke, I think we're done. That's it. That's the show. Okay. Well, as simple as that. We're wrapping it up. Guys, thank you for tuning in. We appreciate everybody online and your feedback. It was a good time just uh, chatting with you a little bit and giving your opinion as to who should be on this list. Certainly, if there's anything else on the list or on the show that we talked about and you want to discuss it or weigh in with your opinion, You can do that right there on the Sportsman Drag Racing Podcast Facebook page. You can do it when we release the show, which the show's really released, but we'll still do a release. And you can comment there. Uh, You've commented all night here. We appreciate the interaction. And if it's uh, something that you don't want to discuss openly, you want to do it through private message, just send us a private message. Producer Mark will snag that baby right out of thin air and tell us what you said. All right, Luke, live shouts. What you got? Shouts to the Sportsman Drag Racing Podcast Top 12, Big Jed. Shouts to the, the Big 12, Pac-12. I don't want to exclude any <laughs> present company. I better shout out the SEC as well. You better. Shouts to the loyal listener. Shouts to the loyal watcher. Shouts oh to God. relationship statuses, specifically. It's complicated. It's complicated, Big Jed. Shouts to Boo, because if he don't pat the gas, you get your money back. And shouts to number 26. Oh, man, you get better at this every time, Luke. Good stuff. Real good stuff. All right, guys, Luke and I are both active on the Twitter. If you want to tweet at us, Luke is at Luke Bogacki, B-O-G-A-C-K-I. I am at JP11X. We love to hear from you anytime and all the time. Thank you for tuning in. 
We appreciate you watching, and we look forward to talking to you again real soon, maybe even eight minutes late, but we'll talk to you about more Sportsman Drag Race. Enrollment in This Is Bracket Racing Elite is now open. You've heard me discuss, or at least reference, This Is Bracket Racing Elite. It is the premier offering of our website, thisisbracketracing.com. Elite is a membership community designed specifically to help you get from where you are today as a racer to who you want to be as a racer. Led by knowledgeable professionals, Justin Lamb and myself are longtime instructors and we bring in a host of guests, racers that you know, racers that you respect, led by knowledgeable instructors and surrounded by supportive peers that are ultimately striving for the same goal in their own unique way. The truth is at each event, there are a hundred plus entries, there's one winner. At the end of each season, there's one champion. That feeling, not so much the money, not so much the trophy, that feeling of achievement, that sense of accomplishment, that tip of the cap from your peers, that's why we do this. You can dream of that feeling all you want, or you can take action, take steps toward becoming that racer. If you're ready to take the first step, this is Bracket Racing Elite is for you. Enrollment is open now for a limited time. Learn more at thisisbracketracing.com slash elite before we close the doors again on December the 8th.